Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one Everyone relax, this is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson, and this is part of our pre-season preview uh, that we decided to spread over a few weeks. Normally we do it in one episode. We're in January still. Yeah. We're still in January, so if any of these things are incredibly out of date by now, I mean, we probably wouldn't have like seen whatever the news was regardless. What would it take, though, for you to... Like, I mean, just say like uh, Nick Dacos, and I don't want this to happen, but Nick Dacos is out for the year with no. an injury, like does an, an ACL or yes. something. Does that change where you're going to rank Collingwood in the in our three-band system? No, right? But there's not – it'd have to be a catastrophic like a, you know, like a, a like the entire team, um, you know, that their plane goes missing or something like that on a preseason trip. And we don't – like they're lost in the jungles of somewhere. You know, they're flying yeah. other cans. Like, I mean, if the bulldogs are <laughs> if the bulldogs are on a bus out to Ballarat, and then yeah. suddenly the bus disappears, Wolf Creek style. <laughs> <laughs> they all. I guess that's what it would take. I mean, it would yeah. take some sort of. It. I don't think team wide player. That's right. I mean, particularly for us, who our six 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 system. Like, you know, our band system. Like, we don't even really particularly care about having six teams in each of those, like, <laughs> categories. So I think the fact often there's, like, eight in the first six and, like, yeah. five in the second six, you know. So I, I guess there would be certain clubs where, like, I mean, if Bontempelli, like, you know, but if it was Bontempelli, I think that that could absolutely change that idea of where the book... Uh, Bontempelli is what I'm going to refer to as a change of band player. Okay, like, band change. How many clubs have a change of band player? I don't know. Like maybe this is something, you know, That's a good three point. weeks like, into this that we can okay, start so to she, throw in. Who, who, like so Sheezel yeah. goes from North Melbourne. That would probably be pretty devastating to their chances, wouldn't you say? Devastating, but I don't think he's a change of band player. You've got some new young guns coming in. You've got that range of other sort of, you know, mid-term. I don't think he's a change of band player. Okay. Um, who else? Who's the most prominent kind of like Charlie Charlie Kerno at the Blues? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably a change of band player. Change of band player, I think. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of anyone else. Like, I mean, Lockie Neal, ordinarily, you would say, you know, the Brownland <laughs> Brown Brown medalist. But clearly not even in all Australian or best and fairest calculations. So maybe not that big a loss for the, the Lions. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, do the Lions have a change of band player? Joe Danaher, maybe. I think if Joe Danaher was out for the season, there's a chance that changes their band. Yeah, they've got such a good balance though. Like even Charlie yeah. Cameron, you're like, ah, oh, you know. Harris uh, Andrews? Like is Harris Andrews They the don't really have another player? tall defender you can slot straight in, do you? What about like uh, the Swans? Like if Errol Goulden or if they lose that, um, the guy whose name I can never, not, not Jake Lloyd, the other guy whose name I can, Logan McDonald. Is he, he plays mm. for the Swans, right, doesn't he? The guy that's groomed to replace Buddy. 
if he goes, then they have a kind of a short forward line, don't they? Yeah, they do. But they've got um, what's the name of that other fella who <laughs> oh like God, uh, like, oh like Sydney? I'm so with Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? What's his name? Uh, Rod Carter at fullback. Tilt. If they lose him, <laughs> no granddad. Yeah. He if Kappa goes to years. the Bears, <laughs> then I think they are in trouble. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this, it's uh-huh. funny. We, I think we also live in an era too of, in the way the game has changed and become less about yes. individuals, it's much more team-focused, team defence, you know, gut running, all that kind of stuff. Like back when we grew up watching footy, the thing that used to drive me mental as a Saints fan, the, the people used to always say, oh, you're a one-man team, you're a one-man team because mm. we had Plugger. But it was true. Like, you know, without Plugger, we're 130 goals a season, less worse off team. Yes, you were, but... Through the mechanics of how Plugger played the game, you at least needed somebody to get it in his general direction. Like once he, you got it down there, like, you know, he was pretty good at, you know, making sure that he got it and kicked a goal. But he wasn't going to get it by himself. Yeah. Like, you know, if it had just been reliant on Plugger getting the ball down to the forward line in the first place, you might have had a problem. Well, I guess it was like, yeah, that was when Winmar, Harvey, all those guys came on. Nathan yeah. Burke, they could actually deliver the ball to him. It's funny, actually. I was listening to um, Howie. Uh, they, they replayed an old Howie interview that he did with Cyril and uh, just sort of talking about, you know, his decision sort of retired, not prematurely, mm-hmm. but, you know, earlier than he, he probably could have done another two or three seasons. But I was listening to Cyril and just getting so envious, like his rationale for wanting to retire was literally like, I just wanted to chill out for a bit. <laughs> I wanted to go home and just like, just chill, hang out with my family and, you know, just go back to a relaxing lifestyle. You know, I grew up in the Tiwi Islands where it was just all about sort of like, you know, a bit of school, a bit of sport, a bit of hunting, a bit of fishing, you know, just go back to that. And I was like, isn't that amazing that you've got that to retreat to? Like you actually have this lifestyle, which you, because he's, because Howie was saying, do you miss, the, you know, your, your management and, and you must have worried about money, right? You would have been on about 800000 a year. And so he was like, oh, yeah, but, you know, the things I like doing don't require a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, man, he's got it figured out. That's exactly what it should be like. I mean, it's interesting with Cyril, isn't it? Because he's only 34 now. Like he could still be playing now. And mm. he's well into his retirement <laughs> at this yeah. point. Uh, so... I think we find it particularly, you know, unusual when, like, you know, say a CEO makes, you know, enough money to retire and they retire at 50 or something Mm. like that and they're just like, I'm not going to work until I'm 65 or whatever. Like, I've got all the money I need for the rest of my life. You know, I'm going to go and do what we do. We kind of get that. The terms of a footballer's career, obviously, a professional athlete's career are normally much shorter than that. So... We just always expect that you're going to try to do it for as long as you can possibly try to do it for. And Mm. I think it's interesting when somebody, for whatever reason, because like Tom Boyd was the same, right? Tom Mm -hmm. Boyd made millions of dollars playing football. He was young. He was probably, his best football years were probably actually in front of him, not behind him at that point. Yes, because as we know, Will, big footballers take longer to develop. (laughs) Right. And he just won a premiership as a ruckman and basically should have probably been the Norm Smith medalist in that game. And, like, you know, like it was all kind of in front of Tom Boyd, really. Mm. And, you know, he decided for his own reasons to step away from the game. And we all find it a bit weird. But, of course, it's interesting, I think, when you're someone who is as good as Cyril at it, Mm. right? Like, you know, this is the thing. Like, you can get that idea of going, oh, if every bit of it just seems like 
so hard to do and it's like such – and I'm sure that Cyril behind the scenes, like every professional athlete – you know, had to deal with all those things, plus had to deal with Jeff Kennett. Yeah. And, you know. So, he was very so, diplomatic when they got to the, Jeff, the subject of Jeff. I was like, here we go. But Cyril was very diplomatic. Yeah, but so obviously there was, you know, there were things that you have to deal with that, but Cyril made it look so easy yeah. and he was so good at it that he, I think he's the one that you go, I mean, I've never been as good as anything as Cyril Rioli was at playing football. So the idea of him wanting to go, I don't think I'm done with this now, yeah. is just like, <laughs> how? How? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, the three flags and a Norm Smith probably mm. makes the decision yeah. a little easier. Like even Tom Boyd got a premiership medallion. Like how many players have actually come back out of retirement and had it work? Like Plugger did, that was a real mistake. You know, he had that one season that was just like he was he'd, in a, 12 months he'd lost so much pace and agility and strength. Gary Ablett came back, but he was good. Mm -hmm. He was still kind of pretty much in his prime, wasn't he? He wasn't even 30 when he returned. But it doesn't happen often. Didn't Barry Hall retire and come back? I can't remember. I think I feel Barry like Hall might have retired at some stage. I and mean, then the, come back. sometimes you get that at the end where somebody's like retired, they retire, and then another club or another opportunity means they squeeze a couple of years out of them. But there's like Luke Hodge. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, that's right. But there is the mid season, like, oh, sorry, mid career, like retirement that tends to not stick for most people. And I think that's mm. even why with like Tom Boyd or Cyril, for the few years after, people just can't quite believe. They're like, he'll be back. He's yeah. going to be playing at Brisbane next year. He's going to be doing this. I mean, I'm sure, like like I said, he's only 34, hasn't played for years, but I bet over this off-season, at some stage, one football club in the competition at least made the call to his management to say, are we sure that Cyril doesn't want to, like, play for one more year? Well, they are. I mean, I don't know when this interview was recorded, but how he did ask him that, like how many clubs. So Clarko, when he was still at the Hawks, tried to get him back a couple of times and he said no. And then how he said, did uh, did Hodgie try and get you to the Lions? And he said, well, he spoke to Chris Fagan, but it was never really seriously considered. And even after everything that happened with Kennett and stuff, Cyril said, if I was ever going to pull the boots back on, it would be for the Hawks. I couldn't see myself going to another club. It's like, I mean, I'd love to see him line up. He, he was saying, like, if Darwin had a team, that's like, you know, if he didn't have to, like, travel for work, <laughs> essentially, if there was a Darwin, like, a, a local team in Darwin, he would most likely play for that. What if Hawthorne said, like, there's a Tasmanian team coming in. We've put all this time into Tasmania, but, I mean, once the Tasmanian team comes in, you imagine that a lot of that, like, support, that neutral support might go over to the... Tasmanian team in the same way as like Adelaide people or Perth people might have had a team in the VFL but when those teams came in they tended to swap you know over to the state team so you'd mm. imagine in Tasmania there might be people who keep the Hawks or North as their second team but they're probably going to follow the Tasmanian team as their first team is it time for North like if this if this is a possibility if Cyril said he's willing to play again if he does play again it'd have to be for North Melbourne and he would play if there was a Darwin team Mm. Should North be playing a bunch of games out of Darwin? And we just say to Cyril, like, North are going to play however many games they well, play in... That's what do they play at? The D's do Sorry? that, don't they? The D's play <laughs> yeah, two games. fuck in. that. Cyril's not going to play for the D's. We're, this is a Cyril-based policy that right. we're going for right here. <laughs> like, I don't care about what anybody else is doing. I want... What do they play? Five in Tasmania at the moment, the Hawks? How many Something games like do they yeah, play yeah. in Tasmania? So let's say you, you say to Cyril... We want you for five games for the season. That's it. We're going to play five and you don't have to travel. 
We're yeah. playing him in Darwin. You can play five games in Darwin for the season, but you're back on the list. That's a pretty good offer. Do you have to does uh, does he have to meet fitness requirements, or is it like country footy rules? Just rock up. He has to be fit enough to play five games in Darwin. <laughs> I mean, I think that's going to be <laughs> However, hard, though, right? In that heat and humidity, it'd be like playing ten games anywhere else. Yeah, but it's a different skill set, right? Yeah, he doesn't have to prepare in the way that you have to prepare for cold Melbourne winters and those big slogs. We're talking mercurial, slippery ball. You know, the, like you. Know, like that sort of skill, right? The Darwin games too is so yeah. much fun in terms of like that carnival atmosphere and the way the crowd gets yeah. into it. Imagine if like hometown hero, like local boy, local boy made good, Cyril Rioli just pulls on the boots. Like that, that's box office, right? That people would, I reckon you'd get more people traveling to Darwin to see that. Cyril Rioli's Yeah, it's, I mean, essentially it's the AFL, it's the AFL equivalent of the Carlton draft. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, you know, <laughs> like a big star coming in and regardless of whether they dominate or whether they, you know, are just there for the thrill of it, either way it's a win-win for the local community. Five yeah, games I'm, in Darwin, Cyril Rioli plays all five. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, but let's get to uh, the topic at hand, Will, which is we okay. are previewing each of the sides, three uh, sides per episode. Uh, this week we're focusing on uh, North Melbourne, the D's and the Hawks. So let's get okay. to the Kangaroos. And and tra- as is tradition, Will, we name the captain, the coach, and the reigning best and fairest. Um, now, do you need a hint? Because I do for North. Um, dual captains so, for a start. Okay. So Zebel's gone. Yep. So... Mm. Um, so the coach is Alistair Clarkson. That's pretty simple. That. The reigning best and fairest is Harry Sheasel. We we know both of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who is the captain of North Melbourne? Is Jai Simpkin one of them? That is one of them. Correct. Okay. All right. That's good. I'm I'm feeling okay about that. Um, and the other one is. Oh boy! Um, mm. Is it is it one of their big star obvious players? Well, I don't know if he's a country boy, but you could think that maybe once upon a time he had a farm. It's Luke McDonald. I did, that was probably going <laughs> to be my guess. <laughs> no, no, no. My, look, I, that You're basically that you confirmed what it was that I already suspected, which was it was Luke McDonald. That's right. Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald will be the captains in 2024, mm. and the coach, of course, is Alistair Clarkson. Um, well done on the Sheasel thing. I actually, I mean, I should have thought of that, but my brain didn't go straight there. Do you know who the top five were? Second number, oh, second place is probably not. pretty obvious. Uh, Who's was their other it? good player? Well, they've got a bunch of other. Well, so yeah, I, but they're most consistent. Yeah. Okay, so second's got to be Larky, I'd imagine, Correct. had an All Australian year. Yeah, and then after that, it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag because, like, they had a lot of good pl- players who p- played good halves of games and three quarters of games or three quarters of seasons, but didn't play like a whole season. Well, I'll give you a chop out. It's none of their new <laughs> young guns. Like, it wasn't a Wardlaw or anything like that. It Is was it um, Luke Davies Uniaki, LDU, in fourth place. Um, okay. A player you've already mentioned came in fifth. Jai Simkin, always no. Boswell. Oh. No. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, so hang on, that I've already mentioned. Yeah. Um, uh, Luke McDonald? No, no. He was in the paper <laughs> for some, uh, for some, not the wrong reason, oh. not his fault. But oh. He was... oh, not his fault. Yes. 
He was in the paper for reasons that were not yeah, his fault. Yeah, I believe after his his after his uh, last match, he went out celebrating with his friends and was oh uh, okay. Jack Siebel Jack made Siebel. the top five in his but, uh, final as season. As listed on uh, the Fox Footy site, Jake Siebel, <laughs> Jack's cousin, oh, Jake Siebel, the ultimate disrespect for a guy who serves the game so well for so long. When you said North Melbourne and players who are in trouble off the field, I was, was like, there was one that immediately came oh, to yeah, mind. And when one. you said it wasn't his fault, I was like, I reckon from what I've read, it might have been his fault. <laughs> but no, you're talking about a different one. He came in sixth. Uh, and then the third place is a player who wouldn't be out of place amongst the Bulldogs and their love for this first name. Oh, okay. So um, he is a, a, a Bailey. He Bailey, is a Bailey. Ba- oh, Bailey uh, is the son of one of the yes. previous players. Bailey. Oh, Bailey. He's got no friends and he never will. <laughs> um, Bailey. Uh, tell me. Scott. Bailey Scott. He's got oh. no friends. Uh, yeah, so Sheezel, Lucky, Scott, LDU and Jake Azebel around <laughs> at the top five. Are you interested in North Melbourne's voting process and how they got to these I results? I absolutely am. The voting system at North Melbourne, because this is a really, this is an essay. Whoever like works in the PR department at North is like, oh, this is our chance to really like yeah. enlighten the world. Uh, the voting system consists of each player earning up to 20 votes in a match with votes from all home and away games counting towards the final total. The senior and assistant Okay, coaches, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Each player can get up to 20 votes in a match? Yes. Okay. With all, yeah. Uh, I don't know how, but how many. So each player can earn up to 20 votes, but how many players can you vote for in a match is the question. And, and also how is many votes like a, can you give away per... Like how many people are voting? That's what. Like uh, yeah, well, it's all the assistants and all the the senior coaches and assistant mm. coaches. But do we have um, a number on that? Uh, senior assistant coaches provide separate votes for each player per round, ranging from zero to ten. Hmm. Does that mean so you can have two different coaches give you up to ten? That's confusing. Up to ten That's votes. A very confusing system. Not so each player. Sort this out. The voting system consists of each player earning up to 20 votes in a match. The senior and assistant okay. coaches vote for each player per round ranging from zero votes to 10. One vote okay, means so a player Okay, so what that means role. is that there's only two two lots of votes for each player, right? Okay, yeah. And they're out of 10 and you have yep. a maximum of 20 that you can get. Okay, it's one like vote they say means- senior, There's only two lots of votes. It sounds like there's heaps of people voting, but yep. they're all collaborating on essentially two scores out of 10 that we add together for the 20. I think this is a secret of why North have been struggling. There's too much mm-hmm. time. Like this is, seems like a lot of homework for the coach. They should be like prepping for the next round, not like worrying about how to give votes and who have you given votes. Although I guess well, when you've got like is- three good players, it's probably not that hard. But it's also, just weirder that they get all the assistants to vote on like or maybe it is split that the like it might be like Gary's turn this week and Darren has to do it next week but if it's a collaboration system Mm. to get that mark out of 10 for each of those players and then the senior coaches have a collaboration system to get the mark out of 10 for those players then it just seems weird to me that you don't have a final collaboration that just assigns a number out of 10 for the player, right? Yeah. Like if someone comes in with eight and somebody comes in with six, you give them a seven out of ten and that's their score. Yeah, that's what it should be. Um, uh, they're still going, the North Melbourne, explaining this. <laughs> One uh-huh. vote means a player has played their role and ten votes denotes an exceptional performance. So okay. you can you can, you can can be like your – I think th- this is more like your local footy, mm-hmm. like we've got to hand out a vote to the kid who, you know – He's played – unless you're Charlie Clawson, well, as we've heard my horror I story. I mean, maybe, maybe though, because, I mean, imagine you have a no-voter. 
like you, they they assess that you haven't even played your role. Just thumbs like, down. That's, <laughs> just like zero, mate. Zero. Duck eggs from yeah. both. The, we've added up the score from the seniors and the assistants, <laughs> and it's a zeros all around, my friend. <laughs> so uh, it's an emergency because you've got a triple zero. Um, I think that. The, maybe they have like then you can have a score for your entire year though. So if you're being assessed each game out of 20 mm. and you get one vote for playing your role, you know that if you play your role, you're at least got two votes out of your 20 for that game. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I, I approve. Let's change the system. Let's okay. lobby North Melbourne to change the system. Um, I mean, do you like, it's interesting to me, you know, when we go through this, do you like the quirkiness that every club has just decided they've got a completely different way of assessing who I the best and fairest is? Or do you think there should be some sort of standardisation across the competition? I don't know if I think there should be some standardisation, but like the 3-2-1 or even 5-1 is so much simpler than like a player can get up to 20. Well, to, I'm wondering like what is the purpose of having such complicated systems or handing out so many points? And that's why I was saying it's like local footy because you want to create a, an atmosphere of like we're in this together and, you know, you want your good ordinary players and your role players to feel the season feeling good about themselves. So, you know, they've polled like 97 votes, you know, in a game, which is really insignificant when you think about like how many votes they must have got over the course of the season. Like As we mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the Swans hand out like a billion points <laughs> after a game. Here's like, all, all I'd like to say just on this topic yep. is that I would love if at the end of the year – they release all the rough footage so we could see not just the rough voting, I mean, like release the yep. documents. Like I'm, you know, what do they call those things where you're like, if you're, I mean, I should know this as a journalist, but like, you know, where you apply for like, you know, some freedom like, of information. Freedom of information. So I want an yep. AFL FOI request that goes to the club. <laughs> so where they release all the deliberations, the note taking <laughs> so that a statistician, someone down oh. at Champion Footy, can tell us who would have won the best and fairest at each club by each club system. So sure. I want to see if, for example, Sheasel or Harris Andrews, whoever it might be, uh, they win exactly the same. Would it be exactly the same if they're under the Sydney Swans voting system or if they were under Hawthorne? Yeah. That's, all, that's all I'd like to see for the sake of comparison. But don't you think it would ultimately always end up the same because it's – you're still awarding the player who gets the most – it's just how many votes they get, right? Well, I think oh, that – You're saying like so you get one for a role player. Yeah, so I mean it's going to be a different – role player is. Yes. Yeah, I get you. And that means that yeah, like okay, on some weeks, you know, your Sheasel, for example, he might not get a 3-2 or 1 if that was the system yeah. you were going by, but he might get yeah. a 6 out of yeah. possible yeah. 20, right, which still it's adds like to his people- overall score. So it's like when people talk about looks and they say, oh, like, you're a, you know, you're a Adelaide 10, that's but you're right. a Sydney 8. You could say, well, you're a North Melbourne 1, but you're yeah. a Collingwood 5. Yeah, that's right. You're Something like, like you're, 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 a, you're, a, you're a Bulldogs 5, but you're a Sydney 20. So that's. Yeah. <laughs> we are two guys, one All right, let's get to your favourite team, okay. uh, the D's. Uh, now, this should be easy with the – We didn't say – sorry, still, I know that oh, our whole uh, – the whole oh, premise of this band. is that we say which band we think that North Melbourne will end up in. So I think it's probably important to the overall point of this podcast that we actually do that. <laughs> Bottom six, 
for me, but I think that they will win more games than last year. I can't see them finishing last. I think, you know, with, uh, well, maybe, no, West Coast have to finish last. So I'd like to see them maybe finish fourth last. <laughs> I think that, that that's a pass mark for me. I think fourth last is probably a pass mark for the season, but here we go. <laughs> Middle six. North Melbourne, oh, biggest off. improver of the season. Oh, Finish in the amazing. middle six. With no backline. With no, no well, recognisable backline. I mean, it's, it's not like they're going to – they will have a backline. My yeah. bet is – I'm no football expert, but my bet is Clarko's not going to play without a backline. I reckon he'll probably <laughs> get some players <laughs> to play in the background. And he'll come up with a tactic that uses what they – yeah, I reckon – I mean, I'm not saying they'd make finals necessarily. Uh, well, I don't think they will make finals, but – but I could see them in the middle band. You're very bullish and have been for a while yeah. on North. Like you're a real North booster last year. Is that just a championing, championing the underdog thing or is there a, a deeper affection for the Roos? Interesting. I think it's a, a few things. So I think that is championing the underdog a bit, absolutely. I think that... Hayfield, you know, where I grew up playing my football, we mm-hmm. used to wear the North Melbourne colours, The right. you know. So my um, cousin, Stuart, played in a premiership at North Melbourne, so I've always, like, had quite an affection for, you know. Stuart Anderson? Yeah. Is he a Stuart Anderson? That's right. And so is that, like, in 96 or something, 98? Mm. No, 99, 96 or 99. Uh, hang on. I'll... Um... Did you – were you ever tempted – like I had a mate who um, was a Carlton supporter but then his cousin started playing for Geelong yeah. and so he switched teams. Were you ever tempted to go for North when your cousin was playing? Um, well, they were probably my second team while he was playing. Right, okay. Uh, 1996, yeah, played in the 1996 Premiership at North wow. Melbourne. so you are like a blood relative of a Premiership player. That's pretty cool. And then it – um, uh, I think that it may be the Kane Corns hating them so much, like plays into yeah. it, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think that part of me defending North Melbourne is I know that if North Melbourne get good, that will personally hurt Kane Corns. And I can't discount that that is at least a little bit of what I've thrown into the mix. Well, I was going to save this for the end of the show, but mm. you're talking about Kane. So let's bring this up. A um, bit of news that came out about Gather Round. So as part of this festivities for Gather Round, there's going to be a celebrity boxing match. Eight AFL staffs set for boxing bouts in a wild start to Gather Round. Uh, this is from the Nine uh, uh, website, mm. Channel Nine. In a wicked sporting twist few would have foreseen, footballer turned fireman turned runner Kane Corns has agreed to fight Sunday footy show colleague Nathan Brown in a winner-takes-all boxing bout. Mm. Um, other fighters include Dale Thomas facing off against Dane Swan, Anthony Rocker versus Corey McKernan. Now, I think the AFL have missed mm. an opportunity here. Which is <laughs> like to get just every pairing. one of those footballers <laughs> to fight Kane Corns at once. Or just Royal anyone Rumble in style. Australia who wants to fight. Like it should be like in the olden yeah. days of professional wrestling, like the carnival would travel around and they would have like strongmen and, you know, they're just like locals who thought they could take on. Like imagine that. Like you go into a draw and you can potentially fight Kane Corns. How many people would want to be in that competition? For charity, of course. Raise a bunch of money for like a, a worthy cause. But I reckon there'd be heaps of people applying for that. How much do you reckon people would pay for a ticket? So let's say we're going to operate it just as a – because this is how we pitch it to Kane. 
you don't have to fight them all. You have to fight one of them who wins the lottery. And it, they might not even be that big or that, you know, like that good at fighting, right? It's just somebody who has entered this thing saying mm. that they would like to fight you. And the, the tickets are non-transferable. You, you can buy a ticket on behalf of someone else, like, mm. you know, but you can't like then do it like a bait and switch at the end and like bring in someone who's a great fighter. If you're a grandmother yeah, yeah, yeah. who like enters this competition for yourself, <laughs> then you have to fight Kane Collins. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Or do we go the other direction yeah. and it's like Kane Corns has to fight Barry Hall. Mm. Like it's just like let's give the, you know, let's feed the crowd meat. Like that's really what they want to see. It's like Danny Green versus Kane Corns. Well, why? I mean, if we're going to stop, like if we're going to go that big, why don't we just like Ben Robert Smith versus Kane Corns? <laughs> like really? <laughs> do we want him killed though? I don't think we want to go that far. I mean, <laughs> fog of war. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's turn our attention to the Ds. Um, this is pretty easy. I don't think there's many, many changes. Max Gorn would be the captain, right? And, uh, I would suggest that unless there's co-captains, do they have Like Jack name? Barney or something? Mm, yeah. Could I think it's Maxie. When you got Maxie, you, mm. as they found out last year with Brody Grundy, Maxie is best when he's not having to share responsibility. Just make him the man. So I doubt well, Max I, is, my feeling is Max that he's is definitely captain. their captain. Yeah. And um, their coach is old mate. From Simon Goodwin, Adelaide, Adelaide. Uh, and their reigning best and fairest, I imagine, would have been Christian Petrarca because he had a pretty great season. But again, what's their system? What's the Melbourne voting system? Non-available. Oh. N slash mm-hmm. A. Not applicable, non-available. Um, mm. Yes, they they refuse to share the details. Much like everything that happens at that club, very yeah. shadowy. What's going on <laughs> behind the scenes? Who's injured? Won't even tell on? us how they put their votes together. <laughs> <laughs> did it happen? You know, did they do it like midweek when they should be training? What's going yeah. on? You are one hundred percent correct. Christian Petrarca is the reigning best and fairest. Uh, do you want to have a punt at the top five? No. A couple this... of very familiar names in there. Not Max Gorn. Uh, uh, Viney, heavy I reckon Viney had a pretty yes, good Yes, came in at number two. Um, okay, so. I'll make it easy for you. Within the last yeah. three spots are two defenders and one midfielder. Okay, so two defenders, one midfielder. So the midfielder is either going to be Oliver who got enough votes regardless of whatever else went on last season to, you know, to get votes because, I mean, he's – they're raining like he's. I think he's won. How many of them has he won? Like four or five the already. Last two, Oliver. 22, so, 2021, and um, then twenty nineteen. So he's won three, three. So, or but or it could, could possibly be Brayshaw it's as not, well. It's it's not Clayton Oliver. So is it Brayshaw? It is Brayshaw. Yeah, he okay. came in at fourth, and, and then, then two defenders: Stephen May and um, Jake Lever. Yeah. Um, uh, so Stephen May came in fifth. Do you think that's maybe why? He had a couple extra drinks and got up and said that they should have smoked Collingwood because he didn't poll in the top three. I mean, I think fifth in the best and fairest is the person you want to come in and like make some big statements in their speech. Like I feel like, you know, that sort of speech, it takes some of the shine off like the runner-up or the winner if they go for that sort of – like whereas like your fifth place, you're good enough – you yeah right. You're good enough <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. you've earned the right to speak on the night, but you're yeah. not spoiling it for everyone. If they like, if you know, <laughs> if Christian Petrarca gets up there, and then it, there's a whole shine off the entire night. Whereas the guy who comes fifth, that's about right, I reckon. 
a mate of mine um, was saying that his girlfriend, who doesn't follow football, came and said, um, do you know who this, like, uh, Christian Petraka is? And he's like, yeah, why? And he's like, oh, he's, in a, he's got an amazing cooking show on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he does, though. Like, I really love watching Chuck's little, like, here's a quick little five-minute recipe, a little snack before, you know, you head out or, you know, post-training snack. It's great. Well, I've told you on our other show that, I, like, so I'd, I've been off social media, but I have dipped my toe back in to have to post some stuff around shows and whatever. And what I have been resisting, though, is that I am not, like, going to look at other stuff on social media. And so you're going to have to describe to me what Christian Petrarch, what is the appeal oh. of like, because I've seen online cooking shows before. What is it in particular about Christian Petrarchas that is, because I've heard people say this before, that they like his cooking show online. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's interesting hearing someone's perspective who doesn't know him as a footballer because what I find appealing about it is it's so disarming. There's yeah. no and he's a footballer hint. and he's doing is this he interesting thing. And he, yeah, yeah Whereas, he's just, he's, yeah. you know, and he's, it's not that he's even particularly charismatic. It's just, it's almost the opposite. It's it's the opposite of his football, which is like flashy and dynamic and stuff. Yeah. It's actually just really kind of like down to earth and humble. And here's okay. a simple little meal to get you through the day. And it's like okay. it's very approachable. I mean, I would yeah, not be so surprised. So in my mind, I was a, in my mind, I was seeing him hosting it like the same way as he like like yeah. do you know what I mean like just like cracking style. eggs from around the corner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. That's, oh my god! How did he do that? He got the yeah. pasta into the boiling water from seventy out. Amazing. Yeah. That's that's what I was imagining. So yeah. th- my other question I have, having not seen it, is obviously we hear a lot about like how healthily professional athletes have to eat. So mm. is this like a, like here's something tasty you can make in a healthy way or is he cooking like just regular meals and because he's a professional athlete, he clearly just is allowed to eat, you know, basically what he wants. Like what's the vibe on the, the, health yeah, the quality, conscious, the content. But, but and, not, yeah. Health conscious but not restrictive. Okay. So it's a lot of kind of like, it's. Fr- I mean, it's obviously sponsored content. I think Woolworths, he's got some partnership there because it's all stuff you can get from Woolies. Um uh, but it's it's like health conscious, but not like. But you know, mm. the, he's not ruling anything out. It's not like keto or, mm. you know, you can't have this or you can't have that. It's mm. it's and he's Italian, so there's like lots of pasta and and that kind of stuff. But yes, I imagine if you or I were to eat like Christian Petrarca, it would not have the same effect, you know, because we're not running at you know 400s and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, there is a kind of element to it of well as well of. It's indiv- it's like a little bit of individual flair. Like, you know, if you want to be a bit naughty, he's like a little, uh, you know, he's a little fruit and yogurt thing you can whip up for dessert or if you're in a hurry for work. But it's it's also the way it's shot. Like it's shot very well. I mean, it's it's not like fancy or anything or in a studio, but it's just really well shot. And it seems time consuming because, you know, you've got to do all the prep and you've got to have all the food and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, doesn't he have a bunch of other responsibilities? Or maybe this is, he sees this as a, like a permanent kind of, you know, second career or something. Well, I mean, if he's cooking for himself and eating for himself regardless, then he's really just, you know, I mean, I can't imagine. It's just him, it's his Yeah, food. I can't imagine. He's like then, his girlfriend's shooting or something? Yeah, like, I can't imagine know. he's then going to some sort of editing bay where he has to, you know, <laughs> do it all himself. I imagine somebody else is involved in this process. It would not surprise me if there's a Petrarca cookbook. Yeah, soon-ish because he's like it's it's incredibly popular. Like Brayshaw, his mate. Mm. I don't know if it's Angus Brayshaw or the other Brayshaw, but we know he's obsessed with onions. Like he's got like yes. that barbecue account. 
So he's gone too niche. Christian's done the better job. That's probably why Christian won the best and fairest, I think, because he understands. Is it like, I mean, do, would it you combine with football? Like, is it like kicking sausage rolls and cooking sausage rolls for the Christian Petrarca story? Or is it like, does he keep those two things separate so that he can cross over to, you know, this friend who doesn't even know that he's a professional footballer and just likes his cooking Yeah, channel? I think he keeps them separate. There's no need mm-hmm. to lean on, mm-hmm. you know, like – Maybe on the cover photo of the cookbook, there's a footy tucked away next to the fresh veggies or something like that. But I don't think he needs it. If I was his management, I would be saying to him, let's not cloud the two worlds because you've got one audience here and one audience here and I think we'll confuse the brand. Yeah, well, I mean, he's clearly built it without – like, I mean, I imagine the people who were watching it at the start maybe were Melbourne fans and it was like, but it seems to have crossed, well, the fact that I've heard about it so many times from so many different people, it means that it, I mean, how many followers, are you able to look at your Instagram at the moment? Do you know how many followers he has for his, I would be That's fascinated to know what's what's the size of the audience that is watching this thing? Is it like hundreds of thousands of people or is it like, you know, because I mean, yeah, um, it's interesting, right? Yeah, okay. because Christian Petrarca. He, he's not. So he's the got one hundred fifty thousand yeah. followers. Okay, in total. But let's have a look at one of his cooking vids. Um, and you might actually even be able to hear this. So it's Christian at the fresh food market. He's making his list now. He's chopping up onions. So this got two thousand four hundred likes, which is not. Huge numbers. It's just literally footage of him making a lovely pasta meal. He's adding prawns, onions, mussels. See, big seafood fettuccine. Oh, he's drinking the, some wine. He's <laughs> not. <laughs> so, so hang on. I assumed that he was talking in this. Oh, no, things. he does in some. This one, I've just picked it. Let me pick another one. Yeah. But that's him. I mean, him sipping a wine, that's kind of unusual. I haven't seen him do that before. Um, here we go. The top eight Heinz footy catch cup AFL superfan chefs are locked and loaded. After hundreds of applications, we've landed on the most grand final worthy no, half cooking across the country. Yeah. I'm recreating one of the finalist recipes today, okay. a chunky right. meat pie with Heinz tomato ketchup. Some of my best memories growing up was watching the footy at the G and eating a meat pie with my mates. So I had to give this one a go. Head to the Heinz Instagram page to vote for your team representative, battling out for a cup of their own. This meat pie recipe from a Saints supporter might be elite, but we'll have to wait and see who takes out the title. He's doing a great job. Like he's like, yeah, I mean, that's well, you some, can't see that's it. That's some proper SponCon, right? Like that's, okay, right, this is just a here promo video where they've done a good integration with the. Hang on, wait a minute. Let me find one where he's yeah. actually talking. The Premiership Cup. No, that's another promo. I mean, it's all promo. Okay. It's all sponsored content. Hang on, wait, what about this so one? Worth I brought out these onions that apparently don't make your eyes water. Oh, so I go. put them to the test and can confirm I didn't cry, which is a huge result. I then compared them to red onion and shallots and unfortunately shed a few tears. After prepping the onions, I tossed them in a hot pan, seasoned them and let them caramelize. I then drizzled some balsamic before laying a sheet of puff pastry on top. Then I baked it in the oven for about 20 minutes until the pastry was golden. I then topped the tart with rosemary, prosciutto, and creamy goat's cheese. <laughs> this dish was so easy to make and tasted delicious. Give it a go. Yeah, I mean, I that's kind of more generally what it is. But so the whole time you're watching him and it's like he seems real competent in the kitchen. Like, you know, he's got all the he's got all the right kind of like tools and what do you call it in, a, in the kitchen? Not tools. Implements. Implements, I guess. Cooking Utensils. Implements and stuff like that. Utensils. But he's kind of, he, he looks confident. 
Like if if he was a, a cast member of the Bear, you'd be like, oh yeah, he's been chefing for a while. He knows I mean, it'd be doing. great if he did it in the style of the Bear. That's what I was just like. High tension, just, just real, constant, sharp editing. Yeah. Absolutely, Everything, just everyone's on edge. <laughs> crisis at every point. His cousin comes in, yells at him. Yeah, Stephen May's there trying to punch on with someone at the kitchen table. All right, uh, final team for this right. app is the what Hawks. band for uh, Melbourne? Oh. Uh, top six. Yeah, I think they're not done with. I think they're a sneaky chance for a flag if they can just get their shit together. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Hawkers. Okay, Sam Mitchell, um, thankfully still their coach after a health scare in New York. Um, captain, though. Uh, who is the captain of Hawthorne? Oh, it's um, James Sicily, right? Yes. Is he the only captain? Are they a co-captain situation a or the only? I'm going to say the only, just the only Sicily, captain. I would think. Just Sicily. Uh, Sam Mitchell is the coach and their best and fairest winner. Would it be either Jai Newcomb mm-hmm. or James Sicily or who else? I believe. I'm going to throw in a different one because I th- yeah. think, and Will I Day. might be wrong in this, but I think Will Day because he was injured recently when we're recording this. And I thought in that article they referred to him as the reigning best and fairest, but maybe that is you correct. are 100% correct. Uh, Will Day. Um, so, oh God, this is another essay from the Hawthorne publicity oh, team about yeah. how their voting works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Votes for the 2022 Peter Crimmins Medal were awarded by three groups after each home and away match. Sam okay. Mitchell. Uh, Senior coach Sam Mitchell, one card between line coaches David Hale, Rob Harvey, Chris Newman. Rob Harvey hasn't been – he was at the Saints last year. Mm. And one card between they still senior assistant. No. They still – yeah. <laughs> If you've got time, mate. Uh, and one card between senior assistant Adrian Hickmont and head of development Andrew Collins. A maximum of 12 votes can be accumulated by a player after oh, the four votes – too complicated. Oh, the four God. voting cards are submitted using the following grading system. Uh-huh. Three votes to the best player. Yes. Two votes for a significant influence mm-hmm. on the game. One vote to a player who played their role or beat their opponent. On yeah. the rare occasion, a player may receive four votes for an exceptional game. So I imagine when, like, you had Cyril and Buddy running mm-hmm. and Hodgie running around, they would have given a few four voters. Okay, so this system is each player's getting individually assessed, right? They're all getting a three, two, or one. Mm-hmm. With the occasional four just thrown into the mix, if you absolutely have a crack, <laughs> killed it. Yeah, which yeah, I mean, I mean during the, the three peat era, must have been. Very I hard. love that they have taken the real nuance out of it. They've gone back down to a three, two, and one. But this is not just the <laughs> three best players. This is everyone being obsessed, assessed in these three categories. But that feels okay, right? You're like, okay, yeah. here are the three categories you could get. You can get a three, which is you've absolutely run me through what these simple ones were again. So. Uh, three maximum was, of, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, the, the actual so maximum yeah. twelve votes can be accumulated by the four voting cards. Yes. Three votes for the best player. Best player. Two votes for a significant influence okay. on the game, and one vote for a role player or a beating your opponent. Okay. So you might be like a fullback who mm. only had a few touches, but you yeah. kept Tom Hawkins to one goal mm. or something like that. So you yeah. get a vote for that game, which is a fucking harsh. Don't you think defenders are getting judged against harshly? Like, because well, a midfielder could have a, a, an uninfluential game and have 30 touches, right? Like, you know, sort of uh, when Tom Mitchell was there, he'd have the r- routinely have like 30 plus touches, but not a lot of influence. And poor old James Sicily's there wrestling with some gorilla and he doesn't get the votes. I mean, just be better and don't be as boring, I think is the. <laughs> 
the, well, the message took your to, advice because you went to Collingwood and won a flag to backline the players. You know, like I mean, but I mean, Sicily, oh, right. for example, is interesting. He, he's interesting, right? Like he's he's not just like a boring old backman whose job it is to like. The problem is that the forwards are inherently more interesting. So mm. if a forward has a good day the game is better because we get to see a forward do their job, right? If a backman yeah. does their job really well, it's kind of their job to ruin the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and, and I don't even mean that, like, it's, it's admirable, right? Like, we've all watched They're games thinking. where we were like, they were incredible that they, but, but by the very nature of their role, it is to negate something good from happening. And then you can assess that go, are going, oh, well, that good on you because you stopped something entertaining happening, um, mm. like you played your role. <laughs> but if you can be, if you can stop entertaining things happening and also be entertaining, I think that's that's where you're, you, you James Sicily lives in there. That's your four that's the aim, horse on. <laughs> yeah, that's the aim of this podcast is to one day, not only, we know yeah. that we, you know, stop good things from happening, mm. but one day we also want to be want entertaining to in the way things, we do yeah. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so you've got Will Day, uh, number one. Do you want to round out the top five? <sighs> Who came in second? Newcomb, maybe? Correct. Um, Sicily. And fifth, and then there's two players in third and fourth. I mean... <sighs> Um, How do I give you a clue? One of them made oh, a Did Old Mate in the Middle have a um, – uh, who had a good season a couple of years ago and then had a bad yes, season Yes, I was just going to say year. that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He has a, he has a very, yes. very very memorable nickname based on mm. his surname. Yeah, well, I can't remember. I can't work out the nickname because I can't remember. Um, Warpool, if I the was Warpool. in a War, – Warpool. War, Warpool, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Okay. <laughs> I was, um, my clue was going to be if I am really into like pop punk and I want to go to a concert, like a festival, what festival am I going to? Oh, yeah. Well, tour? here's what I would say. That wouldn't have helped me. So I'm okay. glad I remember. <laughs> right. So uh, give me a clue um, on the other one because I – No, no and so in third place – Yeah. Um, 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 Okay, uh, his last name is the first name of a of a notable Australian brother duo who work in entertainment. His so think of what, what first, are some what are some so famous what are some famous brothers in Australian entertainment Hemsworth. specifically sort of film film and TV Hemsworth. Hemsworth yep, uh, not as famous as a Hemsworth. And I'll say that one of the Edgerton. brothers is more famous. Yes. So is his name Edgerton, like his first no, name no, is Edgerton? No, the, the, no, his surname is the first name of one of those brothers. Oh, uh, Joel or Nash. So um, Nash Joel is or Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Connor Nash Connor in third Nash. place. Okay. Um, uh, yes. So uh, Will Day won it with 125 votes. So of that incredibly complicated mm. voting system, he only just won it from John Newcomb, so I wasn't far off by two votes. Um, thank you to Robert Harvey for coming and getting Will Day <laughs> across the line. Uh, and that is uh, oh, Two Guys, One Cup yes. for this for this week. Uh, we'll be back again next week to preview uh, the Suns, the Cats and the Giants. Um, don't forget, uh, all our podcasts and everyone relax are back online for 2024. That includes TOEFOP and Philosophy and TOEFOP with Friends. So check it out in the same feed that you listen this to as well. Will, uh, have you got shows to pl plug? Yes, it's called Will Legitimate is my name of my tour and it is touring all around Australia. So go to comedy.com.au for all the details.
And go to patreon.com uh, slash tofop to support uh, all our shows. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a day. A dollar a day? A dollar a week. <laughs> a dollar a month. <laughs> Fucking hell. As little as a dollar a minute. Five dollars <laughs> each for person it. in your house has to assign a monetary value out of $20. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Uh, So that's the best way to spot this show uh, if you want to do that. Um, But we'll be back again next week. Play on, not 15. Hello. Say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. Listener.